about classical Dungeons and Dragons. If it's in a box, we'll talk about it. You burst through the door, you find a small room filled with golden jewels and a red dragon. He starts to breathe. Save or die! Welcome the Save or Die podcast, a podcast about classic Dungeons and Dragons. If it's in a box, we'll talk about it. As you turn the corner ahead, you see a narrow stone span over a pulsing stream of molten rock. Dude, I totally got this. I move out to cross the bridge. Halfway across, toxic fumes begin to make your head spin. You will have to make your save to continue on, or you will topple over into the lava. And through the shimmering heat, you think you see some short humanoids leveling crossbows at you from cover on the far bank. You are hit twice and feel a burning fire begin to spread from the wounds. Save or die! Products of your imagination. You burst through the door, you find a small room filled with golden jewels and a red dragon of your imagination. And a red dragon. And a red dra- 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 dragon. Product you start to Save or die! Raise them up, raise, raise them up. Zombies all around me. I be hacking them all up. Product of your imagination. I be hacking them all up. There's zombies all around me. I be hacking them all up. Welcome to the Save or Die podcast. A podcast about classical Dungeons and Dragons. If it's in a box, we'll talk about it. Good evening. This is Ernie Gygax. Hi, Tim Kask here. Faced with a TPK and have no idea what to do. This is Luke Gygax. This is Bob Bledsaw Jr. of Chedges Guild. This is James M. Wood here. Hi, this is Frank Menser. Whether you play Moldvay or My Edition or any other basic D&D, tune in next for Save or Die Basic D&D. Top 
big one. Save or die. Double aught. We finally made it, guys. 100. More, more or less. I mean, <laughs> we had specials and side adventures and stuff. But the official 100. As usual, my, DM Mike here, along with DM Jim. Greetings, programs. DM Liz. Hello, hello. And a blast from the past, DM Vince. Hello, I'm Liz. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was hoping you would do that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I can't go without an episode without doing my Liz voice. At least once. <laughs> at least once, yes. At least yeah. once. Co-founder of the podcast at DM Vince. <laughs> so this episode, we're going to be talking about past, present, and future. Where Sod's been, where it's going, how much sodding the future can can look forward to. That's disgusting, Mike. Isn't it? <laughs> Especially in England. But first, first, what have we been doing in gaming this week? DM Vince. Nothing. Aw. Oh man. We had to just cancel my group because I've been working on Saturdays. So, but I, I'm I'm currently reading some. Should I say it in hushed tones? Fifth edition. edition, edition. <gasps> <laughs> That's that do- okay. That doesn't upset me, but there are some tacos it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, our GM, you know, has been talking about he got the box starter set. Of, I guess shortly after it came out, so he's had it for a while. And he's been talking about, you know, once we wrap up our current campaign, you know, taking it out and doing a one shot with it so we can all experience the rules. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. I mean, I'm not going to give up classic by any means, but I just don't feel comfortable giving an opinion on fifth edition without having actually played the game first. So, mm-hmm. and. And there's a, there's a case, frequently a difference between how it reads and how it plays. I mean, how rational of you, Liz. I mean, that never stops anybody online. I know. You're going to actually know, play it before you form an opinion? Someone, someone needs to be the voice of reason on the internet. Someone. So, so someone I, would like, I would like to play 5th edition before I go spouting off about it one way or the other. Yeah, read my blog post. Enough OSR. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a game that needs to be played before you can make a decision, and that was what I decided. I won't do the fourth edition route and look at it and go, bah! <laughs> well, plus now I can't say I've played every edition. I have to try it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, well, uh, I guess then what have you been up to, Jim? <laughs> um, we're, we're recording now on our off-gaming week, so uh, we didn't game this past weekend, but... I've been doing a lot of writing on this um, Dying Earth uh, character funnel event we're going to run at Gateway Games in a couple of weeks. And the cool thing that happened this weekend, uh, DM James, James Smith, the guy that uh, I've sort of rented my campaign to, he's been running it. Turns out he's some kind of like genius programmer. So Friday night we sat up and I designed a character sheet and then he wrote a program that would populate all the fields and put them on the PDF. So, cool. so you could, like I seethe with envy. I need a hundred level zeros. Doink! There you go. <laughs> so I, I was way impressed with his uh, programming skills and feeling pretty good about the tournament now. Cool. I mean, we've got character sheets. I wrote, I wrote a, uh, I wrote a demon. You can give me a grade on my demon. She, because uh, it'll be in the adventure. She's called Agrat Bat Malat, and she. <laughs> 
if if you if you let the priest get her summoned, she appears as a small red and black furred cat with a human baby head and a single bat wing with a small crown of flames floating over her head. That's pre- that's pretty creepy, wow. right? Yeah. Yeah. One way is that kind of the Venger route you're going with that? I was just trying to think Mike McNola, Hellboy. Oh, creepy. okay. Isn't that the things that we see at the gas stations all the time, Mike, at here in Denton? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved Creepy Magazine back in the day. Yeah. Oh, I know. From now on, when I need a demon name, I'm just researching Jewish mythology. The Sumerians had some good stuff. Mm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Liz. <laughs> what did you do yeah. with demonology this week, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> That's not true. Well, in well, demonology, well, sorry, not yeah, I've done, <laughs> okay, I have done enough, absolutely nothing. <laughs> but in gaming, um, well... As I briefly mentioned in my rant about wanting to play 5th edition before talking about it, um, we're getting perilously close to wrapping up our current campaign with the, the 2E adventure. Um, the door has not come back to life. The door is not stalking us. So the door is dead. <laughs> dead, dead doornail door. Dead. So, so far as you know. Yes. Oh, I thought you were saying the doors, and I was like, Jim Morrison's back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Jim Morrison would have been less annoying than that door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, however, we did kind of end on a high note. Um, Man. Yeah. Um, as, I, as I've mentioned before, the one the adventure we're running is a bizarre mashup of Temple of Elemental Evil, Return to Temple of Elemental Evil, and the Hackmaster version, Temple of Existential Evil. And our GM has further made things interesting by also incorporating Spelljammer, and the whole shebang is on an asteroid in the Tears of Selene. So... There's Spelljammer ships and all kinds of weirdness going on here. Which Preston and I are still trying to figure out a way to just drag that whole damn asteroid and throw it into the sun. Can, <laughs> can I give DM Chase a, the ultimate compliment? Hmm. That's very Menser. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah? read a, I read a Frank Menser short story uh, about a year ago that started with a salvage crew on a spaceship running across an asteroid that had a lich standing on top of it. Yeah, well, anyway. Selling he- tickets. The cultists that we had not managed to brutally murder were all trying to get away by clamoring on their remaining hammerhead ship, and the one of their spellcasters is manning the spelljammer helm, and the ship is leaving the dock and getting ready to go. Our wizard, Jonathan, flies into the ship, and he starts systematically looking for wherever the Spelljammer helm is. Because, like good PCs, we're thinking, if we can get that ship, ka-ching. Yeah. Well, um, he found the um, Spellcaster, who had barred the door where he had the helm. And he also was protecting himself with a blade barrier spell. So even if you get past the door, you've got the blade barrier between you and him. Well, Jonathan decided he was just going to do this the easy way. and Fireball! No, not fireball. Cloud kill. Remember, we want to get the ship. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, so he casts cloud kill into that little room. 
and goes down the hallway and shuts the door and waits. And the ship starts diving down again. And from what we can tell, this was either just a happy coincidence or, but right before he died, the spellcaster deliberately set a collision course with the entrance to the temple (laughs) where the rest of our party was and all of the prisoners that we had rescued. So we had a Hollywood moment where mine and Liz's character looks out the door and here comes a ship barreling right down the hallway at us. Run! And we managed to, you know, push ourselves and our rescued people far enough down into the caverns so that we didn't all get killed when the ship rams right into the front of the temple. But we were trapped there by just a whole bunch of rubble and wood and, you know, timbers and everything. Um, And it took several days to get out. So that's kind of how we ended that up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like D-Day and Bluto putting the horse in the dean's office. This is going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) the, The ship is coming toward us, and I'm thinking to myself, this is kind of like a Chris Claremont issue of the X-Men or an episode of The Dirty Pair. <laughs> you end everything by destroying all of it. <laughs> Carnage. So, yeah, that was our game. We got invited to another classic game by Teeman last Wednesday, but Liz was having to do her graphic art stuff, and I was getting over a stomach bug that's been going around, so we couldn't show up for it. But he promised to let us know the next time he gets a group together. So, fingers crossed on that regard. I know Thorky was doing one on Thursday nights recently. Oh, okay. He was playtesting a new module he was writing. That's cool. Was it classic or AD&D? Uh, it was classic, yeah. I think it was Holmes, maybe. Oh, okay. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I know he dropped off the radar with his modules and stuff for a while, so I didn't know if he was back again fully. I think he's making his little comeback. Okay. Cool. Uh, those All writing right. those writing assignments and art degrees will get in the way of your gaming. Yes, yeah, I know, will. really. <laughs> Although I suppose gaming-wise, I finally got Trollor Games to admit that they are going to be publishing Victorious. Well, you got a forum put up for the game. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're actually asking me to resend them the list of Kickstarter stretch goals and everything, so I tweaked that a bit. What are the goals? Can you tell us? Uh, oh, yeah, give us some. not, because, well, I don't know. I just sent him a list of suggestions. Yeah, we don't know Whether which he ones they're going them. to pick. I mean, in the end, it's Steve's call. You know, various suggestions, supplements, modules. Well, give us a taste of one thing. Even if it doesn't make it, we can say, hey, it may not be there, but this is a taste of what Mike is thinking. Yep. Oh, hmm. Ca- caveat that remark up. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you mention something that even if it doesn't make it into the Kickstarter, you would like very much to have? Probably the published. United States supplement, Manifest Destiny, which mm-hmm. is going to cover a lot of the 1880s and 1890s United States, both from historical and, of course, with superpowered people mixed in as well. The original book, Gangs of New York, by Herbert Ashbury, was a really good source of that. Oh, come on, man. I want there to be a stretch goal that's like a monocle, a souvenir monocle, a real one. 
I mean, oh, if, speaking if, about if those can, two if you, episodes. If you can of, get bracelets for Metamorphosis Alpha, <laughs> I want a monocle to go with it. Yeah, we were talking to Corbett over at the Gagman podcast. You know, he's been doing that interview and now going to be publishing that Victorious Adventure. We were talking about, in the, like, the back page having a drawn paper monocle with little dash so cut out cut lines. it out. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. A little paper cut out monocle. <laughs> I'm sorry, let me back that remark up. Yes, quiet. <laughs> Indubitably. So that's pretty much been our gaming stuff. And of course, getting ready for this episode, but that's a given. Mm. So speaking of this episode, Liz, yes. would, would we perchance have any emails? Get down, get down, get down, get down. The Save or Die email hot tub time machine. Come here, you scrumptious little beauty. Here I go once again with the email. Every week, I hope that it's from a female. Oh, man. The following emails have been edited for length and content. Maybe just a few. Hundred. Just a splash. Thousand. <laughs> yeah, well... We, I've put together just five emails for this show. So, actually, yeah. it's four emails. No, it's five. Yeah. Five. Three, sir. I don't Different. know. <laughs> from you? Or? No, we've got to make room for having the executive producer of the show on air. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And just to let everybody know, we, these are going to have been slightly edited. I, I really felt bad about doing that for the longest time, but at this point, we are so far behind in our emails, we are going to have to start edi- editing them for content. And ta- Taco John, I'm calling out you, sir. <laughs> we love your emails, but stop sending us novellas. Yeah, all we can say is, if you don't want your emails edited, I understand. Um, all I can suggest is send brief ones. Well, you can always do like we do on RFI, just read the important parts and the questions, and that's the end of it. Well, that's exactly what we're doing. We're going through the email and trimming it to the critical points. And if we end up cutting something out that we did not feel was critical, but the author did, um, just resend (laughs) it as a separate email, I guess. Send us your short reply. (laughs) Okay, so... Our first email for episode 100 is from Just Todd. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And Todd writes, I have a whopper of a question, so I will keep this short and sweet. Hooray! <laughs> I am designing my own OSR RPG. It's may, it is way more work than you would think, but I am loving it. Anyway, I'm trying to find a computer program that would allow me to design the character sheet. So, I asked my second question before running out of here. I know that I am not going to get rich by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm really enjoying the process. I'm going to go the self-publish route, and I want to use cons to get my product out there. So, my question is, is there a list of cons that I can use to plan my marketing strategy? I want to hit up as many as possible. I'm an old red box guy, so to find a podcast that talks about what I love, all I can say is thank you. Sincerely, Todd. Thanks, Todd. And just for clarifications, this is not the Todd from my game. (laughs) Just just make that clear. Well, Photoshop Um, for me. 
Yeah, as far as the computer things, I'm out on that. You guys will have to figure discuss that one. Yeah, I mean, I primarily use Photoshop um, whenever I will say when I made the Victorious character sheet for use right now um, on the website and everything. Um, I used Photoshop, but I do realize, you know, some people aren't going to have access to Adobe Photoshop. Most of my non-Photoshop knowledge is really, really dated, and those programs may not even exist anymore. So, <laughs> did you, What, did you do character sheets in PageMaker? I did. Well, I never used PageMaker. I used FrameMaker, but, but that is still Adobe. Um, oh, gosh. What was it? PaintShop Pro? Was that I kind had my of work the, perfect scoff at you. Was that one of the... HR Pro was an old program, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was an old program, and it was a, a little more accessible, you know, money-wise than the Adobe stuff back in the day. Um, Open Office but, would be a free solution, right? Yeah, um, and while it can be a little bit clunky, um, Word or the Open Office version of Word, you can, you know, drop in graphics if you need to. You know, say if you're wanting to have a, a special little graphic like some of the fancier character sheets, you know, you can still do that. And don't be afraid to partner up with somebody because like, yeah. mm -hmm. I just partnered up with James to get this programming done because it's way over my head. Well, what about the second question? Mm. I'd probably have to say since you're doing an OSR game, you know, any con that emphasizes old school stuff would be a good place to start. Yeah, Gary Con, Gamehole Con. North Texas RPG Con. They're starting to... OSR Warp. Yeah, they're starting to be a, a good number of conventions that are, you know, targeting old school players now, so... The big limitation will probably be your, your wallet. How many cons you can actually get to for that. Yeah. I mean, even if you do, you know, go the tax write-off route for the... You know, the money you spend getting to these cons, you know, for the game, you know, it's it's not going to help you out until, you know, the tax return comes in. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's great to say, yeah, I can write this off, but in the meantime, I still have to spend the money. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Vince? Hmm, it's a tough one. To get it out there without having to go to cons, you can tap your local podcast. <clears throat> Plug for this one. Um. <laughs> You can also tap blog writers, popular ones like Tanker's Tavern. He'll gladly review something new for the OSR. Oh, yeah, blogs. I didn't uh, think of that. Or RGP <laughs> Pundit if you want to know everything that's wrong with what you've written. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm just not going to comment on him. Uh, Tanker's Tavern, you probably uh, – Joe Block, he's another person that will review it. Um, he does the Advanced Greyhawk, I think, uh, blog. I apologize thinking initiative one blog by wayne rossi he does it too gothridge manor also there's just a few of the blogs that you can just give them free samples and they'll gladly take a look at it and review it for you yeah hopefully if i can remember all those we'll put them in the show notes and uh of course forums is that you're always going to be your friend because that's the best place to go yeah yeah old school forums um Social media, there are old school groups on both Facebook, G+. So there, there, there's a lot of things that you can do in addition to the conventions. And you can also use those different 
things to find out what conventions are going to be happening in your area that you feel you can easily get to, you know, so you can be there in person with your game and, you know, interact with people face to face. Feel free to also contact those those uh, conventions and offer those uh, your book up as a free prize or a free PDF prize to some winner in the OSR. That'd be a good way to get it out there. Mm. Yeah, if they have auctions too, yeah, I could throw a few that way. And most conventions are always looking for things they can give out as prizes. I've I know I don't know of any conventions that would turn down you know something free that they'd be able to give out to their congoers. Mm-hmm. All right. Hope that helped, Todd. All right. Our next email is from Delvlord. Cool. And Delvlord writes, How about reviewing the recently released Merle's Basic 5e starter set? After all, you do say, if it's in a box, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got us. Well, actually, we haven't said if it's in a box, we'll talk about it for quite a while now <laughs> oh it, uh, it says it in the front of this very show it does oh this one okay well we haven't until now it's been <laughs> it, I, I think the tagline was made up it's cl- a podcast about classic dungeons and dragons if it's in a box we'll review it yeah well, yep. the entire tagline so that means it only applies to classic <laughs> exactly too I bad to say <laughs> i mean that's not saying if 5e is good or bad it's just it's not what we cover I just heard our executive producer forbid us to review it, so we're off the hook. <laughs> I did not. For, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> and technically, send, send your emails about this, Delve Lord, to <laughs> Roll for Initiative at. It's RFI staff at gmail.com, please. Uh, 5e Basic does not come in a box, it's a free PDF. Um, there, there is a box starter well, a set starter of some set, kind. But, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got no, the box. Vince is right though. Technically, the basic is the PDF. Is the PDF. Oh. It doesn't come in the box. The starter set, which is just a levels one through four of the normal rules, has a box. Yes. Sorry. But as 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 we individually experience fifth edition, we'll inevitably talk about it some anyway, and what we did in gaming. So. Yeah, so True. sooner or True. later you'll you'll hear something from some of us about it. Um, Albeit briefly, yeah. yeah. Or you can listen to the somewhat non-sarcastic review on RFI. <laughs> <laughs> and if you send brainstorm a question about it, they'll have to talk about it there. We already have. Ah. Brainstorm podcast is about all editions of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you know, Vince, I remember back in the day when we were first talking about that tagline. No, 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 no flashbacks. <laughs> because you start doing flashbacks, and one of us has got to go dig through old episodes for clips, and I know who that person is, so no. <laughs> Actually, technically, he can do that because this was off the air. Okay. All right. So, anyway, okay. next email. Our next email is from Robert Pinnell. Thorky! Speak of the devil. And, and he'll write an adventure. Robert writes, Seems only appropriate to me that if y'all are going to call your email show Return to the Hot Tub, you should have a pick of y'all actually in a hot tub rather than the silly illustration posted at the site. Of course, Glenn and Jim and nun outfits are a must. In Profess- the hot tub? 
Professor and Mrs. Mikey appearing in matching chainmail bikinis, of course. Again, in the hot tub? <laughs> Gotta give Ow. equal time here to both genders. Thorkammer. Wow, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, ca- I came out of that deal good. You give me a nun outfit, I'm there. I'll trade you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chainmail in a hot tub? No, I, I don't think so. Just- yeah, I think all the guys should be in matching chainmail bikinis, and I will be in a nun outfit with a big ruler. That's a lot of chainmail you're talking Let's about. Let's not go there. <laughs> That's, no, no. Wait, what? <laughs> I think this is a point for that little record, you know. <laughs> so, um, we appreciate your feedback, Thorkammer. I bet it's probably not going to happen, <laughs> except through Photoshop. <laughs> Judicious oh. use of Photoshop. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Maybe this is going to happen. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <sighs> More directives from on high. Now okay. Executive pro- producer has said no. <laughs> this is great, Vince. You should be here for every email show, so we could just get <laughs> off the hook from things left and right. It's like nope. <laughs> sure. Send your send your complaints to the WGPN legal department at. <laughs> or we My- could just have a ty- a tape of or a, a a little line of Vince just going no. <laughs> and we'll just play it that part. Absolutely not. <laughs> See, right there. I say the nay. <laughs> okay. So, moving right along. Do it in my Liz voice. No. No. <laughs> Hi, I'm Liz. I said no. <laughs> See, we have a lot of variety here. That way we can plug in the different no's. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, <Olay. laughs> Okay. Next email is from John Hirschberger. Taco Taco John. John. Taco! (laughs) And he writes, hey, Sodcasters. Hey. Taco John here again. I just listened to episode number 96. Thanks for reading my previous email on the show and for answering my questions about decks of many things and lost souls. I thought I'd follow up with some additional context for my Deck of Many Things questions, as you fittingly pointed out that I left out some details about my current campaign's group of PCs and our campaign itself. This sounds strangely like we gave a wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) With the exception of my publishing partner in Black Blade, Alan Grow, a.k.a. Growdog, and one other player, the players in our group are guys I have known and gamed with since high school. Our current, <laughs> our current campaign is now in its eighth year, having launched back in the fall of 2006. It is a very sandboxy campaign set in the Judges Guild Wilderlands campaign setting. Double Sweet. lucky. When the group found the deck of many things I mentioned before, they were already on an alternate plane of existence. Unexpectedly, the party stumbled onto the deck of many things on one of the covert ops in the city, and rightly surmised that draws from the deck were required. (laughs) Under the AD&D rules as written, I'm not sure we can talk about this. (laughs) Yeah, it's taco, John. It's okay. Okay. I'm here. You're allowed to. Okay. (laughs) See the DMG, deck of many things. Wish spells are not effective in avoiding the consequences of drawing the Void card. 
Casting a full wish spell following the drawing of the void card will, at most, grant the caster the knowledge of the location of the soul entrapped in another dimension by the void card. That's the way we played it, which has set in motion a whole other quest for the soul of the Cleric of Odin. Thanks again for the show. Keep up the good work. John Taco John Hirschberger. Hey, I took a bathroom break and made a sandwich during that email. What did I miss? <laughs> hey, that's the cut down one. <laughs> so there. <laughs> wow. So um, no Orcus's pinky ring. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all I can say is I am impressed with your party's diligence at trying to rescue the character. Virtually every campaign I've ever been in, when somebody's soul gets voided from a deck of many things, they go, ah, crap. Well, better roll up a new character. <laughs> Nobody has gone after them. Well, I think I mentioned before when we were talking about this, um, one of the few times one of my PCs has ever encountered the deck, we were all a fairly low-level party, and planar travel was not something that we were even going to be capable of doing to rescue the void person unless you know we waited until, well, okay, if we can just make it to... 10th level, I think we can do this. <laughs> what level are we now? Oh, yeah, 5th. Okay, <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> I totally let my group use wishes to avoid the effects or recover from the effects of the void, but they were our already second level characters in the bowels of Stonehill Dungeon, so I felt like that's the least I could do. <laughs> yeah, the second level character gets the void card. It's like... It's going to be a long time before anyone is capable of rescuing you. (laughs) Well, thanks for the email, John. I guess all we can say is Mead has not drawn another 13 cards since the last time. And again, we, as we've said before, her character died a normal death, and we haven't had a chance to get her resurrected yet, so she hasn't had a chance. (laughs) We've just been carrying her corpse around in the portable hole. (laughs) Oh, Lord. <laughs> but it's been done with loving concern and yes, respect. Yes, we dumped whole pieces <laughs> down into it. Okay. Yeah. Our final email is from Lloyd Metcalf. Lloyd. Lloyd! Yeah. Art bro. That's right. Lloyd writes, hello, gang. Recently listened to and enjoyed number 96. And I have to admit, not enough of the other episodes have filled my ears, which I am working to rectify. Music tends to be a little too distracting while I paint, and if I have nothing on, I spend my time looking at Facebook, which goes nowhere. Tell me about it. (laughs) Sod discussions while I work on projects has become a happy place. It keeps my brain in the RPG realm and my hands busy while my mouse stays away from Facebook, especially important while working digitally. Thank you for that. No problem. The ladies in chainmail bikini topic has always been a hot button. Here we go. (laughs) I like my women to be smart, tough, and capable in RPGs. And anywhere. But I love every single drop of paint put on a canvas by Clyde Caldwell and everyone's favorite, Frank Frazetta. I may be victim to illustrating sexy RPG ladies myself to some degree. I know there is nothing about their armor that will stop and work, but I'm still going to marvel at the artwork created by those masters. 
Women bring a lot to our hobby, and I hope the young fellows out there are able to inject a little Roddenberry idealism into their settings when they game so that everyone has a good time at the table. Looking forward to number 97 and beyond while I catch up with the past episodes. Lloyd. Thanks, Lloyd. Where to start? (laughs) I Uh, am a firm believer, you know, if I'm... Yeah, if I can get my guys in skimpy chainmail loincloth, you know, I have no problem with girls in chainmail bikini artwork. But fair is fair. But fair is fair. I don't want to just see people, you know, doing skimpy girls and all the guys are in full plate in, you know, realistic armor while none of the women are. You know, if you're going to have one... You need to have the other two. I think that's only fair. And and uh, I can take what you just said and go right back to Appendix uh, N literature because at Grice Burroughs, for books that were written nearly 100 years ago, he was a pretty forward thinker because starting – everybody was naked on Mars, right? Yep. Yeah. So it wasn't just the women. And for something that was being written in the early 20th century, his women were pretty, you know, take a dagger, stick it in your back when they had to. They weren't just Disney princesses that needed to be rescued. Thuvia made of Mars. Yes. You know, while I won't say she was on a combat level equal to John Carter or something, but she certainly wasn't, oh, help. <laughs> but I, I want to try and parse this out and, and get Vince's input too, since we've kind of talked about it amongst ourselves before. I think the reason this is such a hot button topic is because it's multi dimensional and it's not just one thing. Like Lloyd went straight to Clyde Caldwell and Frank Frazetta. Um, as we're commonly talking about it, we're not talking about fantasy illustration art. I mean, I am an artist. I've done nude studies myself. I have nothing against nudes or even, uh, in principle, erotic art. But as far as game illustrations go, my my horse in this race is keeping the hobby as open and accessible to everyone as possible, which is why um, some of the depictions maybe not be ideal for, you know, cl- covers of magazines and players handbook because there are little girls out there trying to get show interest in this hobby i mean and and then i you know there's the matter of personal taste which i would you know my personal taste or my personal taste i'm I'm not never going to be in a position where i try and dictate what you should and shouldn't do i mean to me uh that samantha swords uh lady that Mm -hmm. is all over social media who's a real life sword champ Mm-hmm. You know the one I mean? The picture went around Facebook of her with her long sword yeah. and her plate armor. Uh-huh. That's pretty hot to me. And yeah. There's, there's no bikini involved. But that's my personal taste. Okay. Want to weigh in there, Vince? I have no opinion. <laughs> You're just going to stay out of it. No, I just really, I have no opinion. I really just don't care, to be honest. I just want to play a game. I can care less what the art looks like and care, let, care less who has what on. I'm just looking the book for the rules when I need them, and that's it. Fair enough. And I Which think is, that's as that's the most egalitarian you can actually be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope that clarifies things. <laughs> and if not, you can keep on writing us about it. That's right. <laughs> and where would they write us about it? Jim? Ah, I knew it was going to be me. <laughs> uh, Save or Die Podcast at gmail.com. Or our voicemail at 940-536-3763. Resod. <laughs> All right. Well, any announcements we want to get in or just head into game on? It sounds like a disease, Mike, when you say the phone call, a phone number. <laughs> Freesod? <laughs> <laughs>
It kind of reminds me of the the Talking Dead episodes. You know, it's like you can call in at Dead Live or Live Dead or whatever it is. Yeah, know? Dead Live. That's dead it. Live. Dead Live. Five, three, six, three side. Do you like, game too much? There's help for you. If you're approaching that age, call three side. <laughs> you know, because you that age. Save. If you don't get help at Save or Die, get help somewhere. That's right. Well, the only thing I can think of that we might want to mention is we had, you know, we did our 500 likes Facebook contest. All of you wonderful listeners responded fantastically, and we made our goal. We drew our 10 names. Six of the 10 responded. And after several weeks, you know, we finally had to redraw the final four names again because we simply weren't hearing from you guys. What do you mean draw? It's, <laughs> it's been Jim rolling dice. That's right. The randomizer. We re-rolled four new names. And, and I did one? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, for anyone who may not have been keeping up with the Facebook page over the past couple of weeks... Um, the current names that were re-rolled are Gary M. Sarley, Chris Yoder, Nikki Weber, and John Doherty Harris. Now, both Nikki and Chris have responded to the Save or Die page, so we're good on them. But Gary and John, if you're listening, if you haven't been, you know, logging into Facebook for whatever reason, you may not be aware, you guys have won some terrain sets. So get onto Facebook and PM the Save or Die page, and we will tell you what to do. <laughs> free stuff. It's free! And that Fat Dragon Games stuff is really nice. You know, this is, this is a cool prize. <laughs> Contact ASAP. Otherwise, they'll be forced to make two more rolls. I know. We don't want to have a third chance rolling. <laughs> One day, Liz uh, PMs me in the middle of a work day. I need some more rolls. And I'm like, well, that's a good thing. I keep my dice in my computer bag. Boom. There you go. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Liz, Liz and I keep a spare set of dice in the glove compartment of the car just so that wherever we are, we'll always have access to at least one set of polyhedrals. Nice. So. We are either incredibly <laughs> awesome or incredibly sad, depending on your point of view. But regardless, we are ready. <laughs> Choose the answer you like best. No, sad would be me having the dice roll on your iPhone. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got that too. That way you're always ready to go. I don't have to run to the car and say, hold on. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, let's head into Game On then. What are you doing? It's game time. I think I play too much. People say it's weird. We should cut back. That's insane. Game, Mrs. Hudson, is on. Look at it! Game on! Game on! Game on! Invite Sam. Game on! Hop on bed. Game on! Say it proud. Game on! Screw the crowd. Game on! Hey, by the way, Jim, really cool new bumpers and stuff. Oh, thanks, man. Awesome. Of course, I couldn't do them, so any of them seem awesome to me, but yours are especially awesome. Well, thank you. We do what we can. So, Save or Die, episode 100. Since we got all Vince here, we can get the scoop on how did Save or Die start? Oh, you want me to tell you how Save or Die? Well, well Liz and I kind of know some of it. We were, <laughs> they were there. I don't know. 
I remember it like it was only yesterday. <laughs> no flashbacks. <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay, here was the original vision for any of the podcasts. I originally had the vision of doing a first edition slash classic edition podcast rolled into one. That was the original vision of that. And then it just broke off to being just first edition by itself for Roll for Initiative. And then while we were doing for Roll for Initiative, I was like, hmm, I really do like basic as well. So I was talking to Mike at the time. He and I spoke about podcasting here and there. And I was like, well, I would really like to do another podcast, but I just can't find the people. And I think classic would work. And then Mike was like, hey, Liz and I want to do a podcast, too. How about we just go with that classic idea? And I was like, mm, maybe, maybe it won't work. And they're like, yeah, it'll work. So we started doing that. And then I was just like, meh, we need a fourth person. So I brought in Glenn. <laughs> and that's how the show got off the ground. The end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave you guys speechless after that one? What? Yeah, yeah. Don't know what to say. Uh, well, I do remember, at least as far as you know, my point of view, I kind of felt like I was sort of drug into it. It's like, hey, we're going to do a podcast. Do oh. you want to be part of the podcast, Liz? Like, I've never done a podcast. What? I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, oh, it'll be easy. You don't have to know anything, you know, about podcasting. You know, just as long as you know about your version of the game. And you want you know, the truth, truth. The, the the truth truth <laughs> yeah we, we we wanted a girl <laughs> exactly I was like hmm a girl would be good for ratings and yeah. my hey, I have a girl I'm married to her <laughs> <laughs> I have a girl she's in the basement <laughs> as he dragged you up the stairs uh. well my view on it Liz is obviously I listen to your voice a lot especially when you're reading things to me and I always thought you had a good voice. For recording and such, I know you hated, you've often hated your sound of your voice on recordings, but I've always thought it was great. So I thought with a podcast, it would be great. Yeah. I mean, your voice is good enough. I hired you for that professional thing that didn't have anything to do with gaming. And I appreciate that. Um, but I think we've we've talked about it before. Nobody's voice, when you hear yourself played back, you always sound different than you sound in your own ears. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm used to the way I sound to myself when I speak. And, and, Hi, I'm Liz! Hi, I'm Liz! That's right. <laughs> and when I hear myself played back, it just sounds so weird and odd and, and wrong. And it's... It's very hard for me to get past that. But yeah, in the very beginning, I felt very self-conscious. And I, even though I did not want to, I listened to the first episode again before we came back to do this 100th episode. <laughs> and I mean, I think... <laughs> that wasn't I, a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to sound bad because... I I didn't talk a whole lot. I barely talked at all in the beginning because I just felt so self-conscious. And Oh yeah, my show notes always had little things that said ask Liz, ask Liz. <laughs> Make ask Liz. Liz say something. <laughs> we said that. Ask Liz first. Ask Liz. So. <laughs> and you know, listening to number 1 again is like I really have a great deal of admiration for you Vince. Mm -hmm. babysitting us 
through those first few episodes when we were kind of uncomfortable and, you know, Mike spoke more than I did. Not that that was difficult. Anyone could have spoken more than I did. But, you know, I, we really did need to have a fourth person for yeah. sure because between Mike and I, you know, you were carrying a lot of the show events and it took a long time for me to get as comfortable as I am right now. And I still think listening back to some of the episodes, even the recent ones, that I could probably stand to try and put myself out there more than I do. It all comes down to that whole, you can sit here and I can call you on the phone, Liz, and you can, I, and I could talk for hours upon hours. Fine. But the moment I say, all right, Liz, I'm recording this. That's when you're going to start going, um, yeah, I'm yeah. recorded. I better be careful what I say. Yeah. And, and Liz I still is a potty mouth. I still feel that way. It's not because I'm a potty mouth. <laughs> I just feel very self-conscious knowing that I am being recorded. I've gamed with you. You're my potty mouth hero. And then I think to myself, (laughs) as I'm giving an opinion on something, you know, do I sound cogent? You know, am I saying what I want to say? Maybe I should rephrase this. And Well, let me give you a tip. People who (laughs) use the word cogent are sounding cogent. (laughs) Cogent, cogent, cogent. Kojo? Oh, sorry. That's good to be PM Cogent. Oh, that yes. would be awesome. It, 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 you just have to ignore the audience and just talk. <laughs> well, there's a natural progression. I've been through it, too. But uh, we were talking off air a little bit about Eric Tenkar and his new Tenkar and a Badger podcast. And I can hear him going through the stages that I know I went through and we all went through, where you start out as a fan of the podcast, listening to him. And, and it's a, I take it as flattering when people go, oh, you make it look easy. Okay, because it's not. You get in there when you're first starting out, and you don't know what the hell to say. Or, and you know, to you, you are. Here's how I sound to me. I mispronounce everything, and I sound like I have a bag of marbles in my mouth. I don't have a voice for radio at all. And uh, oh, your, your voice sounds fine. It's just Glenn and I, when we did these podcasts, have an advantage over everybody else because we did radio for a while. So we already went through all that whole thing of thousands of people listening to us calling in saying, "You suck, man." <laughs> so, <laughs> That's why it was so simple for us to just talk and talk and talk and not really care what people think. But everybody who tries it, my hats are off to them because there's a learning curve you go up through. I mean, uh, I did it when I went off to do Spellburn with those guys. I mean, I, it was easy to show up on a Save or Die, you know, every couple of weeks and just be one of the be the junior voice in a crowd of four. It was a whole other thing doing an actual podcast from the ground up. Mine's less being the lead host like uh, Mike and Vince do. It's not easy being lead sometimes, no. No. Although it's curious talking about the how you sound and such, my biggest worry when I joined the podcast was maybe it's because I, you know, my grad work in history and everything. I was more concerned about being caught misquoting rules than how I sounded. I don't know if that's because you know, in, in history, that's part of the whole field, or you know, I, at the time I was fairly. You're only human. It, well, you know, I was fairly in deep with the AD&D fan base at the time. And, uh, you know, I love AD&D and I love the people in it, but sometimes they can be a bit more picky when it comes to specific rules and such than the classic community is. That's hilarious that a history professor is more concerned about quoting a, a D&D rule wrong. <laughs> <gasps> well, Mike, I have huh? to say, I, I do... 
as years progressed, I quoted you many times by saying the older I got, the less worried I got about rules and just wanted to play the stupid game already and not worry about flipping from page to page. So, yeah. But fortunately, because I guess in the classic field, you know, we are dealing with four or five different versions. Mm. It's hard to be quite so obsessive compulsive about oh, it specifically says on page 72. Is that Liz? Oh. Yes, it's Liz. You quoted wrong. You're dead. Well, you guys were all here uh, when I was just a fan listening to the show. So let me ask some questions. I mean, the format went through some quick evolution in the first few episodes or first like maybe six months of episodes. And it seemed like for a while there, there was even two different teams going of Mm -hmm. podcasters. Yeah, there was. Yeah. When Liz and I first got on board, we were like, you know, we can only really do it every other weekend. That was because of combination of schoolwork. Um, that was actually when the 2E campaign was first starting up, too, I think. You know, the original idea Vince had for it was as a weekly podcast. Ah. And, and so he decided to bring in the second team. Although I guess Glenn was kind of a member of both teams, really. Glenn was team A slash team B. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And then he brought in Julie, and was or did it you, you bring in Julie? Then? I was going to say one of someone brought in Crispy, someone brought in Julie. I thought it was Glenn who brought in Julie, but maybe not. Glenn brought in Julie because that was his uh, uh, audio friend from uh, Nocturnal Nineteen, Nineteen Nocturnal, whatever the heck it was called. I can't Nineteen think- Nocturne Boulevard. Yeah, that's it. I, I'm sorry. And Crispy was from my actual play podcast, Book of Sorrows. When he was doing Trask, the uh, angry little uh, funny dwarf on there. The Scottish dwarf, yeah. <laughs> so I, I asked him if he wanted to join Save or Die as, as the B team every once in a while. And he said, absolutely. So he jumped on the chance for that. And then they went off and did their own shows, too. Yep. So it's kind of a podcast incubator you got going here. It was it was easy for me to do it then because I had taken over the notes again at that point because it was a point that I started doing the notes and then I was just like, meh, and then Mike started doing the notes for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Mike was like, meh, so I took back <laughs> on the notes. <laughs> so I started doing the show notes. It was easy for do a team A and team B. I was just coordinated that way. And then I finally went, meh, and Mike took back over again. Yeah. So kind of like co-DMing for a while. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, sort of a relay race. and They'd pass the baton back and forth to each other. I'm sick of this. Your turn. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just you get burnt out writing show notes all the time. So, although I will say, I think uh, like ninety-five percent of ninety-eight percent of the first couple few years of interviews were all Vince. Yeah, I did do all the. Well, I think yeah. Except, didn't you guys do one? Uh, Bill Owen. Yeah, from yeah. Judges Guild, and there was one. Maybe the one hour. I don't remember. Yeah, I did all the TSR alum pretty much. You guys had a lot of great people on the show before I ever showed up, like uh, Frank and uh, Tim Cask. Mm-hmm. Mike Carr, that was the other one. I did Mike Carr, yeah. You did? Okay. I think you were present for that one. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of them I did a lot of solo because it was just a matter of, hey, can you do it? And like, I can only do it on Wednesday at 9.02 p.m. when the duck is quacking at the moon. <laughs> Hey, I'm here. Yeah, or like with Jean Wells, you know, her health was so poor, you had to you had to catch her, you know, when she was feeling good, and there's really no time to coordinate. Hey, let me get the other hosts on. It's like, no, I got to get her right now. <laughs> I, I have to I have to say that's probably the best time that I had on the show was talking to her 
when I talked to her off the air. I spent a lot of time talking to her on the phone, mm-hmm. getting to know her as a person and hearing all the stories of everything that happened, her point of view. And I have to say that I do miss her. She was a great woman. Yeah. That's history, man. So in the old days, Vince, did you ever get through an entire podcast mispronouncing somebody you're interviewing's name like we did with Janelle Jakeways? Um, no, because I usually ask everybody when they start a podcast if I don't know. How do you pronounce your name? That's that professional radio stuff you were talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing when you write down, what's your website so I could jot it down? And your name is, I know your name, but how do you pronounce it just in case? Okay, thank you. But yeah, I think it was pretty early when we went to the A team, B team, wasn't it? Around episode nine. Very early, yeah. Yeah, and I don't remember when it stopped. I think it was when like people started drifting off to concentrate on their own podcast. At least um, Julian Crispy. Crispy went to go do his own podcast, and then he then he had the whole school thing come through. So right, yeah, I forgot about that. That really crunched his time too. And then not, I think it was he got. Borders went out of business. Borders uh, Books and Music Store went out of business, so Crispy had to get a real job. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and that kind of ruined things because the real job interfered. He had to, you know, obviously life comes first, so. Yeah. Got that job, and then Julie went off onto Julie Land, and um, that was the end of that. BT yeah. disintegrated. Well, that's, that's, that's actually both the best thing and the worst thing about doing this or any other podcast is you you don't get paid so it's a lot of work is the bad thing but you so the only reason you do it and continue to do it is for the sheer joy uh, of the hobby which is a good thing insanity well there's you know Venn diagram there's some pretty good overlap between those two but (laughs) so yeah it, it was quite an interesting time and then we had Mike on Roll for Initiative once yeah, yeah. And Mike said never wanted to come back ever again. <laughs> what? <laughs> Was that back in oh, – never mind. I'm not going to invoke <laughs> his name. <laughs> it, it, he said it reminded him too much of Crossfire or something. Like <laughs> it was way too rapid fire, and he was just like, whoa, never mind. Thanks. Great experience. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about this? Well, you're wrong. <laughs> no, it was more just you know the whole thing. AD&D is a far more structured rule set, and, you know, I wanted to make sure I had everything as right as I could, and, you know, I don't know if it was because, you know, certain hosts had a lack of C knowledge or not, but they just gave one, well, what do you mean this? What do you mean this? What do you mean this? You keep saying this. It's like, dude, <laughs> go to Wikipedia. Look at a you know, can, Wikipedia, Mike. Can I quote you, Mike? Allow, no. me, allow me to quote you, Mike. As long as it's not about a paper. I think your argument was rational, well-presented, and wrong. (laughs) More or less. Sorry, just kidding. Oh, yeah. RFI went through its own problems and hosts until it became fine-tuned to what it is today. Well, I mean, like like Jim was saying, that it's, it's something you do as a hobby. So, you know, you do what you can with as much free time as you have or don't have. Yeah, I mean, I might as well tell you in advance. I get a girlfriend. I'm out of here. (laughs) <laughs> well, can't blame you for that. It's a joke. <laughs> well, I mean, I was just utterly exhausted for episode 99, and I still feel now that I probably should not have even been on that episode because I was like, eh. <laughs> Oh, I doctored that up in editing. You sounded fine. <laughs> I know you did. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I listened to it and told Liz afterwards, like, you know, I don't know how Jim did it, but it sounds like you're actually far more 
participatory than you really were. I, I, I don't see how that works. It's all part of the concierge service. Vince, you want to sound smarter? I got it. I can take care of it. <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, before we start talking about our favorite episodes or not, uh, any final comment on the origin of the show? All right. Let's head into Random Encounters. How many people want to kick some ass? There are, there are seven ogres surrounding you. How can they surround us? I had Morton Kaiden's magical watchdog cat. No, you didn't. A satanic fungus rises from the forest floor and says, You're playing D&D. You're playing D&D. This whole apartment is playing D&D. Random Encounter Casters. I used to be Again, really like that those new bumpers. Oh, Random man. encounters. Oh, bumpers. We're going to go around and talk about everybody's favorite episodes. And we're going to start with Liz. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in the back and everything. I can imagine Mike spinning a wheel or something and like... And Liz! <laughs> it works. I, I stole it and tried it on Spellburn, and it was freaking them out. I'm like, so what you doing, Gaming this week? Joe! <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you should get like that Price is Right wheel going in the background. <laughs> Every time Mike does that, just to freak people out. <laughs> Who will he call on? Or Liz is there in the evening dress and doing the spinning of the wheel. That only works if I'm not the one called on. Now, see, sure a, does. a chain a chainmail evening dress floor length I have no problem with. <laughs> anyway, I'm not sure I can really point to an absolute single favorite episode. There have been several that I really have enjoyed, you know, over the years. I guess if I had to pick one, I would pick episode 68 where we interviewed Jim Ward. That was that was a ton of fun. I, I loved that episode. And Jim is just a sweetheart. And you're a Jim Ward fangirl. I am. It's true. You, you, you know what I learned from that very episode that I turned into a law at the gaming table? Hmm. Ward's Law. Never be funnier than the GM. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Okay. Jim. Uh, well... The episode before the one Liz just mentioned, uh, for completely self-absorbed reasons, uh, episode 67 was my first uh, appearance as a regular host after you guys gave me had me on as a guest, and then I think what it was was a trial run to see if I could actually do it a couple episodes <laughs> before. But uh, And, and I, I will remark, uh, because I like doing game statistics, uh, starting with episode 67 means that one-third of the way through this podcast, I've been on exactly one-third of the episodes, 33.3 continuing decimal percent. Wow. Well, fun with mathematics. How's that for grinding the proceedings to a dead halt? <laughs> <laughs> Carry As everyone's quickly one. going, 67 <laughs> minus 100. But, and and it, you can thank me for that, because I roped Jim into this podcast. <laughs> He did. He informed he he informed us that we were going to be bringing Jim on board. <laughs> I didn't give you a choice. <laughs> well, not, and I did. Sorry, sorry, Vince, but if we had gotten him on there and he had been really awful, we would have said no. <laughs> I'm sure he would have. Yes, but fortunately, he wasn't. He was cool. Hey, we had a we had a fun time having Jim on when we interviewed him for the Gygax magazine episode, and 
you know, we all enjoyed, you know, interacting with him. And we got a lot of emails afterwards basically saying how much they enjoyed having Jim with us as a guest. And a lot of not-so-subtle hints from fans, you know, it's like, hey, why don't you have him on as a regular? And then Vince is going, you're going to have him on as a regular. And we're going, sweet, yes. (laughs) See, I didn't know any of that, so I was auditioning my nervous little butt off. <laughs> Jim, you originally were you originally slotted to join RFI staff, to be honest. But what? he heard me talking about how I'll never go on there again ever. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I had you originally slotted to, to join RFI and I'm just like, you know what? I think you'd fit better on Sod. Oh, well I'm happy you made that decision. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean not anything against RFI, I just Wait, there's no good way out of this discussion. <laughs> Jim, you're fired. <laughs> what? What? Sure there is. Save or Die has a girl on it. So Tomorrow, sadly, Jim has parted with... No. <laughs> well, let me tell the story from my point of view, um, because I, at the risk of getting modeling, uh, Save or Die and Roll for Initiative were both part of me getting back into the hobby, because back years ago, in the distant past, like, 2011 i spent a year freelancing for a living which is you know writer artist talk for unemployment (laughs) and uh i'd been you know dipping my toes in gaming and and it's not like i was out out but i wasn't back in at all and uh a number of things happened all in a row i started a stupid web comic that people grafted onto i ran into tim cask and renewed our friendship after years and started listening to the wild games productions podcast and those all those three things all happened within six months. So, I mean, this podcast and Roll for Initiative got me back in the hobby, which obviously I'm back in, you know, up to my alligators in now. But thank you guys for doing what you did before I got here. Sorry, You're I don't welcome. mean to be sappy, but... <laughs> well, I'm sure RFI has gotten plenty of emails like that, but, you know, Save or Die has gotten, you know, quite a few emails over the years with, you know, people with similar stories. You know, I got back into gaming, oh, yeah. you know, after I found your podcast and it reminded me of how much I enjoyed the the games of my youth. And that's always just fantastic to hear that somehow we've been able to get people you know, enthusiastic about a game that they may not have played for, you know, 10, 20 years. Yeah. Or to be here and pay it forward. Yeah. So thanks, Vince. It all started with you. You're welcome. <laughs> Vince is who's held responsible. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and so now you must tell us your favorite episode. Favorite episode can boil down to all the interview episodes, spending time with all the alumni, all the people that I've been reading for over the years, and getting to actually speak to them and actually hear their voice. Mm-hmm. Those were the greatest moments of the lives. Dun, dun, dun. I do have my worst episode, too, as well. Mm. Oh, worst, please. Worst episode I've ever had on Save or Die was the Mazes in Peril episode. Aw. I, I, I'm the most uncomfortable on that show. I totally ever. get that. Yeah, yeah, I guess I can I can understand it. It was not something I wanted to do and Mike you're like, "Well, we're going through this. It would be great to have you. If you don't want to come, I understand, but I'd rather you be there." Yeah. I was like, All right, I'll I'll come on. <laughs> Actually, you started the trend of where we tried to get the authors on as much yeah. as possible. 
Well, it's, it's, it's best when you review a product to have the author there standing by so he can add a little flavor, answer questions in case people are thinking them, you're thinking them, you know. Yeah, especially answering the questions because there's like, well, this is done this way. Was this an error or was this intentional? You know, No, I meant to do that because I'm looking for blah, you know. I'm trying to get this across in the game. It's like, okay, well, what we might have considered at one time was an error was actually kind of the point. And I do have to thank everybody out there that did vote for Mazes and Perils for the best free RPG and give me the gold award for 2013. Yeah, that was totally deserved. And any winning Mazes and Perils. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut those people up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. In your face, calling. Matt Finch. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it certainly did not hurt that it was a OSR version of Holmes Basic. <laughs> of course not. And the angels sing. Yes. Cobalt Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> need to put them in more, Joe. All right, well, I've run out of people to call on, so I guess it's my point. Uh, I unfortunately couldn't decide on one, so I narrowed it down to two. Deuce. And that would be episode 12, where we were talking about nautical stuff, and I got to rant about (laughs) five-story ships. Oh, yeah, that was your first time you got on a soapbox, right? Probably, I think so. (laughs) It would not surprise me if it was. Vince is like, our little podcaster is growing up on us. <laughs> oh, my little Mikey. Well, I have to have to thank North Texas for that, too, because otherwise I wouldn't have had that experience. And I must say, I, I don't think the guy was enough, necessarily a bad DM. I just thought that was utterly ridiculous. But anyway, that one and the interview with Bill Owen, because I've been a Judges Guild fanboy since the late and I will freely admit that I initially became a Judges Guild fanboy because their stuff was cheap. I don't know if y'all remember back in the day, but it's like even, you know, TSR modules, six dollars, six ninety nine. Judges Guild, a buck fifty. Kaching, I got it. You know? Just take it. We don't care. Just take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's a coupon for another. <laughs> and yeah, there were certainly some Judges Guild stinkers, but there was some really good stuff too. And even with the stinkers, you know, pay a buck fifty. I can use the map, if nothing else, you know, comes to some use for these things. So, yeah, I'd say those are probably my two best. Um, gosh, I should have thought of a worst one. I can't say this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was going to say, my, my worst ones for me would be the first few episodes where episode. I was just floundering around and... <laughs> felt like i don't know what the heck i'm doing <laughs> i think I will... broke your own in episode 20 something honestly i can't remember where it was i know it was in the 20s i'm like whoa liz talks <gasps> dun, dun, dun. and then I, I i finally heard after i left liz talked even more so she did yeah it's true the man was holding her back <laughs> Um, no, I just think there was yeah. too many, there was too many type A personalities, and Liz was a type C. <laughs> type well, type Z. Wait, no, what? 
C as in, you know, cat, C. <laughs> and you just in the background, you know, with your cast on your lap, and uh, <laughs> you didn't have a chance to speak, that's all. Type D as in, don't make me do this. <laughs> yeah. And then when I left, you only had one type A, Glenn, so yeah. that gave you a lot of room. I don't remember which episode it was, and I shan't point to it if I did, but my worst episode was the one in which I accidentally mispronounced Rob Kuntz's name in a very family-unfriendly way. Is it the family-unfriendly way, or is it the way you just said it? <laughs> it was uh, pure dyslexia. Although we can't... At least he wasn't on the show, so we didn't have a Jake Ways moment. <laughs> well, God bless Janelle for letting us do it for an entire interview, and then at the end going, oh, by the way, it's Jake Ways. <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> God. Oops. <laughs> Right? we got to do it all over. <laughs> Scratch that. We're doing the whole episode over. <laughs> if I get comfy, it's two more hours. Hey, hey, that's a good question. Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever had to just scrap an episode and do it over? Yeah, we lost one. Yeah, there was one where yeah. where we lost the recording. Yeah. Was or, it Glenn's computer crashed? Yep, something happened, and we didn't have a backup. And I think it was after that that we started doing okay we're gonna have two we're gonna have three copies going at the same time <laughs> it was when we, crispy was on board because we don't want to have to do that again because i remember crispy saying you know i think it, we were maybe doing castle amber because oh. he was talking about you know we get to do it again and i'm glad because I, I i wanted to you know i didn't think i did very well in talking about it it happened to me too when i was back during the first or second year when it was a Christmas break, I was doing Christmas episodes, and I had Crispy on. We were talking about, like, you know, I don't know, women and things like that and comic books. And the thing just crapped out, and I lost the entire episode. <laughs> so Crispy is yeah. the unifying factor in all of these stories. Hmm. <laughs> so he ruins episodes on Psy, and he makes <laughs> vomit on RFI. So. Vomit? I swear to God, if you read on iTunes our reviews, and if you ever listen to some of our emails, people say it in. The only thing worse than fourth edition or fifth edition is listening to Crispy's voice. It makes me vomit. So I don't oh know what's wrong goodness. with his voice. <laughs> I love his voice. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't know. People people think Crispy make him vomit. So I've I've heard way worse voices on podcasts before. You know, I don't know what they're talking about, but I guess to each his own. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess my only regret is being kind of the coordinating host. I feel like I don't get to say bah nearly as much anymore. <laughs> I kind of miss that. You, you just said it now. Yeah, yeah. Save it for the Dragon Reviews when we review ourselves. You can bah all you want. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of the show? Bah! Bah, it stinks. <laughs> I give it a minus five. Mike, as the controlling host, you have the option of saying, so what do you think about the podcast, even though I really don't like it? So, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pro tip right there. You have to learn to interject your opinion towards the person as you're asking their opinion. Yeah, but it's hard to interject. Bah! You know, you got to give at least a few words. Otherwise, it kind of brings things to a halt. And they go, well, what do you mean? I mean, bah! (laughs) Or you just be like, meh, I don't like this. But what do you think? (laughs) Yeah, it's just not not as much fun though. I, I I miss being called on, and then all I say is "bah" or like t- or just saying "taco." It's bah. It just it's not the same. See, just like that. There you go. <laughs> I'll just envy your "bah," "bah." All right. And speaking of dragon reviews, products of your imagination. 
new Dungeons and Dragons. Power is won by finding new ways to battle. I can feel the darkness inside me. And being completely dragon-flapping awesome. Set comes with spellbook, ritual rites, playboard, sacrificial dagger, and dice, dice, dice. TSR Hobbies, Dungeons and Dragons games, products of your imagination. Also with a new bumper. Oh, did you sneeze? <laughs> Products, you P-Y-I. Products yeah. of your imagination. Poi. Yeah. Although oh. I, th- I think of that Hawaiian dish, you know, poi. Right. Stop that. We haven't had dinner yet. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. Anyway. So anyway, Hello. talking about the show. <laughs> what did it mean to us and what did, will it continue to mean to us? And this time we'll start with... Jim, <laughs> you're the new bot, new guy. Still, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, just getting to do something like this is an honor and a privilege for me. I mean, uh, like I shared earlier, it was part of my re-entering the hobby as a whole, and I just feel lucky to get to. I mean, I get to meet you guys, then got to meet you in person and game with you, and uh, Vince too, Glenn. Um, it's just been uh, a privilege. I and then and from it came lots of from being on Saber Dice come lots of other things like uh, Spellburn and I swear to God I just showed up for one interview and that's how it started. I feel like uh, Gaius Baltar's character in Battlestar Galactica. It's like no matter what I do I fall ass backwards into a big pile of pork. Whoa! And there goes the beep. Sorry, sorry, Liz. So. I think I learned something here today. That's what Save or Die means to me. All right. Vince. It means nothing. (laughs) Nothing. You're not on here now, but I mean back in the day. Uh, It gave me its... Hmm. Come back to me. Okay. (laughs) Well, Vince, it's got to be a privilege, or it's got to be neat to see something you created uh, grow on beyond you, where all you have to do is just kind of supervise it. It's like having kids, right? Yeah, 48 episodes. Yeah, uh, that's also true for the fact of another podcast, Darker Days Radio, that I started as well. I left that right before this one because I had RFI, Darker Days Radio, and then this one going at the same time. I dropped Darker Days Radio to do more on this podcast, and that podcast is still going to this day with the third round of hosts. I say that's oh. the white wolf one correct yeah no i i, I apologize it's the fourth round of hosts that have taken over that podcast that's got to oh. be kind of awesome yeah it actually kind of at 2008 until now so yeah six years that's pretty cool and they're still going even though white wolf isn't really publishing role-playing games anymore but then they, hey we're old school so <laughs> yeah, that doesn't white, matter yeah it's publishing through onyx uh, publishing path now so they still are publishing games. Oh, so they are still yeah. publishing. Okay, I just heard that White Wolf had drifted over to doing computer games mostly. So White Wolf has as CCP, but White Wolf also third-partied everything out to Onyx something path or I don't know. Keep up okay. with Okay, basically something to keep the tabletop stuff going. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Liz? Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what has the show meant to you in the past? Ah, uh. Well, I think I kind of touched on that when we were talking about, you know, getting the emails about people saying that they came back to gaming after Mm -hmm. finding our podcast. And that's 
quite frankly, that wasn't anything that even occurred to me would be an outcome of us doing Save or Die. I kind of agree. I, I thought we were mostly doing it for the extant fan base that was already involved. Yeah, and it just never occurred to me that people who hadn't been gaming for a while would somehow find us and hear us and be inspired to return to gaming. So that was a really pleasant surprise for me. I I honestly did not think that anything that I was a part of would have that kind of a far-reaching effect on, you know, people I've never met. So it's still something that's kind of hard for me to wrap my brain around. Um, the, so that has been nice. Going to, say, North Texas, it uh, again, it floors me having people I've never met before. Perfect stop, strangers. Yeah, perfect strangers stop us in the dealer room because they heard one or both of us talking to someone and they thought they recognized our voices, and they would say, hey, are you Mike and Liz from the Save or Die podcast? And we go, yeah. It's like, I thought I recognized your voice. It's like, I'm a really big fan of the show. It's like, really? <laughs> I'm from California. I Dude, this. I'm still getting used to that because for the first four decades of my life, hey, aren't you Jim Wampler? Never had anything good coming after it. Yeah. <laughs> 0.0. <laughs> So, yeah, that's been really fun in a bizarre way, too. As far as, I, you know, the show notes also say, you know, biggest disappointment. Um, I guess I'm disappointed that I'm not able to devote more of my time to the show than I do. You know, I, in a weird sort of way, I sometimes feel like I should apologize for having to do other stuff. Ho, ho, yeah. hold it up right there. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I wrote my own little show notes, and under biggest disappointment, I put how much damn work it is to do this thing, and we all work our asses off. I mean, Mike does 95% of all the show notes and stays on top of the uh, OSR.org forums. I mean, you do all the social media, all the email organization. I edit the show. I mean... You know, looking at Mike... He does he does do a lot of work, you know, putting together show notes, which as everyone has griped about on the show earlier, it's like it's no fun. It's soul draining at times, having to come up with ideas, you know, you know, for week for week and week. Um Or you are you actually trying to help him out with show notes and then John Peterson decides to be on the show and your show notes go out the window. <laughs> 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 You guys can always try the Thacko Hammers method of show notes. <laughs> you know what that? I don't. I don't drink, Vince. <laughs> show notes? What show notes? The show notes are. So, what are we talking about tonight, guys? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I do feel like compared to the two of you, that my workload is really the lightest. I feel, and and sometimes I you know think you know maybe I should try to do a little bit more to you know, take the load off every once in a while. I know I shocked the crud out of Mike once when I actually offered to, you know, be the lead host, you know, every once in a while to give him a break. 
And, you know, Mike looked at me like I'd grown a third head or something. It's like, who, who are, are you? you? What, what have you done with Liz? So wait, hang on. If you grew a third head, that means you have two now? Whoa. I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she does have a second head. It arrived from Amazon. That's true. Earlier I've got this my, week. got my wig head. Oh. <laughs> Like my, my wig head is currently stuck on top of my dressmaker's form right now. And oh, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so I guess technically I really – but at the time I did not have that wig head. So, But okay. yeah, I guess my point is, you know, sometimes I feel guilty that I am not doing more and that I should try to do something to take the load off. Um, I am grateful that you take care of the Facebook page. Because that way I can still maintain my avoidance of Facebook. And I am very thankful for that. <sighs> One of these days. You work way hard, Liz. We all do. I, I feel the need to include Vince. I mean, Vince uh, puts every episode up and stays on top of this yeah. thing. In addition to his many other responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. Not just our show, but RFI, Thaco's Hammer, Brainstorm, you know, all these other shows that are going on, you know, Dead Game Society, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I said good day. <laughs> I mean, as executive producer, Vince, I know you have good runs where it's pretty low key, but when it's when it, it's low key until it's not, and then you're in there slugging. I take care of your children's. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose I'd say I, I've really the show has caused me to become really more invested in classic D&D. When I first started uh, doing the show, I'd say of my D&Ding, two-thirds of it was AD&D, one-third of it was Holmes, with a little OD&D on the side for variety. But at this point, that's flipped. And I probably say the only advanced I ever really play or do anymore is through the Second edition group, that's more tolerated than anything. I really have come to appreciate the flexibility and simplicity of classic D&D, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I hope to keep expanding my knowledge and, and appreciation, especially of the, the older versions, but not rule cyclopedia. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> rule cyclopedia. I use it as toilet paper. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and there goes the email bag for next week. <laughs> Where's Glenn to yell at me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be one of the emails, or he'll send in a voicemail. That's it. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, I'd say that. Uh, a response ahead of time. Bah. Bah. <laughs> bah. There you go. Bah. Bah. And as far as disappointments go, um, I. I can't really think of anything that I find a significant disappointment. Frequently, I suppose I wish we had more variety in our shows, but that's you know, partially my failure as far as getting the show notes together. And that's kind of tough because at the one hand, you know, I think about something that involves classic D&D that I find interesting. And then I put it together and then I have to look at it again and go, okay, is the average listener going to find this interesting? Because I know there are areas that I think are very interesting that most of our fans will not. Like, you know, John Peterson's book. I mean, I'm not saying that fans won't find it 
of great interest. I hope they do. But let's be honest, it's over 600 pages. It's, it's a dense book. But I love that sort of thing. But I know not, not everyone does. Well, I will say, you know, I am a non-historian background. And you don't have to be a historian to be able to get enjoyment out of his book. I think he wrote it in a sufficiently conversational sort of way while still, you know, keeping excellent references and citations that someone who is not a scholar, quote-unquote, would be able to still get enjoyment out of the book. Now, I enjoyed reading it more than I genuinely thought that I would because I thought it would be very dry, but it really wasn't. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. It wasn't just me then. Easier read it's... than the Dresden Files. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey, hey once could... I got to book two or three, it was great. <laughs> I like the Dresden Files. <laughs> I do too now, but Liz had to force me to read it, and I kept bailing out because the first book, I just didn't. I, I'm not a fan of detective noir type stuff. Mike went on about it until he forced me to read it, and I missed my save about page 67. <laughs> yeah. It's like um it real the series had to get to where he was dealing more with magical problems than he was before Mike really started getting an interest in the series. Um and I kept telling him, it's like, look, the tone of the books changes around book 3. You know, that you can definitely feel a change in the tone of the the story and i think you'll really really enjoy it then just hang in there so i kind of liked book two you know full moon full moon yeah and yeah. that was where the transition was starting i was I just think. i was just kidding anyway i didn't mean to derail the whole proceedings yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about doctor <laughs> <laughs> oh that was so good this week i'm oh, sorry <laughs> i didn't watch this week is an addiction? Well, that's the thing. It's hard to tell until you try and give it up. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> Last week's episode killed my killed me. I couldn't watch it. I couldn't. I'll say, like I said in the past, yawn, move on. <laughs> We're torturing Damn Vince. Space egg. Hey, we, never, we, we had to get the Doctor Who thing. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> we can't have Vince on the show without giving him, you know, the full treatment. Uh, <laughs> All right. No. Let, me, let me try and turn the ship here. It says in the show notes, where is Save or Die going in the future? I think we keep building up the ratings until Vince changes the name of the company from Wild Games Productions to Save or Die Productions. That's a worthy goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. I think I think you'd be fired first, Jim. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I when we first started the show, I was a little concerned because we seemed to be going through material fairly quickly. I was worried we were going to hit a plateau where we were just recovering the same amount of detail of information over and over again. Well, but could. with the OSR community clones and other things coming out it's like <laughs> tons of new stuff has come out that we we shouldn't have that problem for some time you guys have been here from the start if we got another 100 episodes in us i think there's enough material that we have not covered yet that we could do another 100 whether or not 
we can keep our sanity and keep going <laughs> for that next 100, you know, that's up in the air. But I think as far as having stuff to talk about, I think we could have material for another 100 episodes. Server die 342. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they saved his brain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff, you know, classic material that we have not yet reviewed. And that is because we have fortunately had so much new material. And I think on the whole, most of the fans listening are far more interested in our reviews of stuff that's coming out that they may not be familiar with. You know, they already know what they think about you know, Palace of the Silver Princess or Isle of Dread, you know, chances or the Grand are... the Duchy of Karamiko. Yeah, chances are they already own that, you know, and while it's fun to hear what other people think of it, I think the more useful information for our listeners has been the new OSR modules and adventures and settings, because we can give a review of those things and then they can decide... You know, I was kind of on the fence about whether or not I wanted this, but based on what they've said about it, I think this would be really cool to have for my campaign. I'm going to get it. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I think. Unless something changes in the future, there's more than we can cover. So we're good. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think Save or Die on the whole has a bright future until Vince fires all of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, contracts do expire. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I want a raise. Sure, you can have a 100% raise. But double I, your salary. Double your salary. <laughs> That's right. Liz is on strike one week. We'll just have me come in and be like, hi, I'm Liz. Oh, because oh, that'll never get old. We should. We really should. Well, we were joking about that for 99, remember? Yeah, because I was... Get it? Quick, call, call Vince. Call Vince. You know, it's like I was feeling really <laughs> awful. It's like, I don't think I want to be. I can be on the show. It's like, oh, we need to have you on the show. It's like, no, call Vince. He could be like, hi, I'm Liz. You know? <laughs> it's a whole new segment for a shoot, starting with uh, episode 101, Random Calls to Vince. Live, <laughs> live on the air. <laughs> there was um, there was actually a safer die slotted along these lines. Uh, I scrapped the notes. It was going to be Save or Die. I think it was going to be episode 40-something. It was called The Big Strike. And I was going to – I had everyone on the podcast replaced with someone else, but using your names. Yeah. <laughs> it was going to be a fake Liz, a fake Mike, and a fake Glenn. And I was just going to go on and just pretend that you guys were you guys. Oh, and have the have the one who's Liz be a guy with a – Hi, I'm Liz. <laughs> Hi, I'm Liz. I had that whole entire thing lined up, and I'm just like, nah, this is going to be lame. Ah, you should have done it. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, Jim can handle it. Oh, I'm not allowed to do my Michael Curtis impression anymore. Why not? Because it makes him mad. Because <laughs> Michael Curtis said he'd beat him up. <laughs> I've also had cross-promotion ideas of having the entire cast go do the other show's podcast one time. Actually, yeah, back in, in the 50 episodes, uh, I had talked to Glenn about uh, doing a Save or Die in, in drag where we would go over and, and do Thaco's Hammer's show and Thaco's Hammer's guys would come over here and do Save or Die. But yeah, Glenn was it, bouncing off what I was talking to him about at the time, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, Oh, come it, on, it man. That's went. not a good idea. I mean, we let the Thickos Hammer crew come on this podcast. When we get it back, they'll be like, you know, 
hookers and strippers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Empty beer bottles, you know. Ah, oh, well, liven things up. All right, then. Well, that will leave us moving down eternal part of Save or Die, the dusty road of Bill Bixby. Off to the distance to episode 200, which can barely be seen in the distance. You know that uh, Order 66 stole that music and using it on their podcast now, too. Really? Did they? Yeah. They, well, recently, they switched over. They started doing it. And I'm like, hey, you're stealing our podcast material. <laughs> well, well, I guess they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So we're oh. flattered, but knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> Just means we're name level. That's right. And how are you heading off into the sunset, Vince? I'm just walking with a backpack over my shoulder, thumbing at the next car coming along with saying, Pick me up, please. (sighs) Hi, I'm Liz. I need a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Jim? Oh, I'm I'm headed down the road straight to the editing bay so I can get this one to bed and move on to the next one, because that's my life. (laughs) I love my work. (laughs) Okay, Liz. Liz. <laughs> Liz already I'm... answered three times already. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Liz. <laughs> um, I'm going down the road wondering what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> Even after all this time. Um, why did I stay? Why did I stay? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm heading down the road. I got my, my posse of kobolds with me and Poppy. everything puppy power everything's gonna be great it's a smurfy sort of day isn't it papa smurf oh jinky <laughs> well i'm headed down the road saying bah to all your kobolds well telling liz no no you can't skip out the next episode we need you there everybody will send emails and yell at us if you're not there call vince <laughs> No. I can't. He got a ride from that car up in the front. <laughs> I don't have a cell phone. Oh, I'll gladly come on and impersonate Liz for a little while. That's fine. No one will know. No one will. No. I got 50 bucks for you if you don't. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you on the other side in 101. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Rearc. And we're out. Hey. <laughs> Podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with D20Radio.com. The Saberdye theme music is provided by the band Mississippi Bones. You can find them at MississippiBones.bandcamp.com. The events appeared on tonight's episode by special arrangement with the role for initiative podcast, Wild Games Productions, and under threat of immediate termination of all podcast hosts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Save or Die. <laughs>